0: Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time.
1: You're listening to The Ghost of Dog on The Voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveller, and tonight's story is The Ringmaster's Welcome by Pascal Farfel, who spent over a year writing this one character and is really really hoping he's made something worthwhile. You can find more of his stories on his SoFurry page. Read by Dirt Coyote from The Desert. There's an urge that takes root in fear that grows in solitude and blooms in distrust. An urge to stop running. An urge to fling oneself into the jaws of death. The wild, shrill, siren song of annihilation is hidden under the harmonics of every pursuit, of every secrecy, and the longer they are listened to, the more audible they become. Survival can be not a matter of defiance, but of finding a negotiated surrender. By way of demonstration, please enjoy The Ringmaster's Welcome, by Pascal Farf.
0: Where are you going? A casino, officer. The Doberman sniffed the air. Where's your ID card? The dingo twitched, then forced a smile. I don't know what you mean, officer. I've given you my driver's license and registration. Do I need to carry something else? The Doberman growled. Well, do you? He sneered. It's not up to me to tell you the law. It's up to you to follow it. I'm sorry? I don't understand, the dingo said slowly. The Doberman reached for his gun. The dingo dropped the hammer. Flung down the length of the car, the officer clambered to his feet and took pot shots at the dingo as he raced into the distance. He went westbound off of I-40, driving a Mustang, the scanner crackled. Don't let that freak make it out of here alive. Finally, on the horizon, Jack spotted his target. A large building with an unusually glamorous design, particularly from somewhere in the middle of nowhere. As he drove closer, the scanner went blissfully quiet. Not even just radio silence. Completely dead. He breathed a sigh. It was true. It must be. Cautiously... He drove up to the building, where someone was waiting for him. "'Ah, Mr. Jack Ellison, we've been expecting you,' a wolf in a suit said with a smile. "'You got my reservation?' "'Naturally,' the wolf replied. "'You're exactly our kind of clientele.' The dingo grinned and let himself be guided into a parking spot. "'Ah!' Now this one, I like the look of him, big, handsome, and rough, a real daddy type. Looks like he can take a lot of punishment. Hopefully he'll find my desires and fantasies appealing, for your sake as well as mine. Entering the building, Jack was introduced to a vast casino hall, banquet tables, glitz, Glamour and shimmering suits. There were many people, but none of them seemed to draw the eye. They were there, physically, sure, but he couldn't recount details about them. The bounds of the room seemed not to exist. As he looked off to all sides, things seemed to just keep stretching off. Despite the game table surrounding him, he didn't buy any chips. Instead, he made his way over to a bar, one which seemed to only exist because he hoped to locate one. This didn't seem to faze him. What can I get you, gorgeous? The barman asked, a collie in a tight black thong and not a scrap else. While quipping, laid, had come to the dingo's mind, he thought better of it. While the skimpy outfit was appealing, what he took most notice of was the collie's eyes. There was a peculiar shine to them. Normal eyes, when you stare into them, only look back at you. These ones look through Jack's figure, but even this did not halt the stride of the dingo. He ordered a drink, and a collie nodded and began to mix it. The dingo was in no hurry. The person he was after would reveal themselves soon enough. Jack had worried his outfit was too unkempt, but no sooner had the worry struck his mind than he would glance down and see that he had been changed into a fabulous suit. A little tight-fitting, but in all the right places. All the right places, indeed. I have skimpier and sluttier, of course. It's ever so important to dress to impress. Though, of course, you know that, don't you? As the wolf collected his drink, His ear twitched at the sound of a faint giggle, echoing through the walls of the building. By now, the casino tables had gone. It was just a luxury bar with faceless, formless people hanging around to fill out all the space. The smell of fresh fruits announced the arrival of a figure from behind Jack. Evening, the dingo smiled, not turning his head. He watched in the reflection of his glass as a fox perched on the stool next to him. "'Well, hello, handsome,' the fox replied. Jack could feel how the vulpine's emerald eyes were feasting on him, hearing how the fox licked his lips. Once happy he was on the menu, the dingo turned his head to examine the fox. Vibrant cherry red and crystal white fur and vivid, inky black sock markings, fitting very tightly into a black leotard, which became a tuxedo up past the waist— complete with waistcoat and tailcoat, with the tails of the jacket flowing down past his long, sleek legs. A top hat rested on his head over long golden locks, a big black bow tie around the neck of his white pseudo shirt, all in shining, shimmering latex. Eroticism at its most ostentatious. Ostentatious? Mwah! darling, If you're only safe in subtlety, you're in more danger than you can possibly imagine. The outfit almost didn't stand out, given the location, but the dingo could pick him out from fifty miles away. Shame to see you sat here all by yourself, the fox cooed. The dingo sipped his drink. I'm not much a gambler. Us queer folks are all gamblers, Whether we want to be or not, just normally the best prize you get is to live another day. Not so tonight. Jack turned his head to look at the fox. The fox looked back with a sultry, hungry stare. Though, it slowly faltered. No, that's not. What's the matter? the dingo asked. The walls became more focused. The room became smaller. The wall shrunk. Jack began to worry. If this didn't work out... The fox foibled. Nothing, he muttered. That's impossible. Why can't I... You're not a good liar, the dingo said before whispering. What's wrong? No, I can't. I can't use him. If I can't read him, I can't risk it. The fox grumbled and shook his head. I. apologize for wasting your time. The dingo watched the confused fox start to stand up. No, wait, Jack gasped. I want to fuck you, the dingo announced, like it was something people just said. The fox stopped, seemed to glow a little in delight, and smiled. You do? The dingo nodded, desperately. The fox swayed seductively back over to the dingo. That sounds appealing. My bed is awfully quiet tonight. Is that so? Jack grinned at last. Go on, run the gamut on me. I don't know what you mean, the fox lied with a smile. I know you know damn well what the fuck I mean. And I'll feed you. I'll let you do the whole bit, the dingo grinned. But you gotta entertain me first. Entertainment is my specialty, the fox said as smutly as possible. Perhaps a pole dance will stiffen you up? Add that to the list, the dingo smirked. But first, tease me he said, placing his paws on the fox's smooth slender legs, causing the fox to squeak in delight and purr. The room got awfully hot, awfully fast. But Jack wasn't to be distracted. What caused you to back off? The fox's gaze faltered again. I he reattempted his gaze at the dingo again, tilted his head, then shook it. The room cooled down again, the fire going out for just a moment. "'Accept it. I know. Just... humor me,' the dingo smirked. "'Call it foreplay.' The fox grumbled. "'Well, I'm the ringmaster, owner of this fine casino.' "'I'm Jack, owner of a lonely heart.' The ringmaster tried that gaze again, but quickly bounced off. Don't give yourself a headache, Jack said. Let me buy you a drink while we talk. The dingo flagged down the barman, still adorned that latex song. What does the ringmaster drink? The dingo asked. The fox snorted. You seem ahead of the game. Perhaps you already know jack grinned and ran his paw over the fox's thighs again come on now play along jack saw the apprehension and arousal dulled within the fox a horny gaze that hesitated but legs which spread so keenly the ringmaster's apprehension finally won as he turned to the barely dressed collie a pina colada please the collie gave a bow and disappeared to make the drink Nice outfit you give him, Jack smiled. Gonna have to get you to pick something out for me. Instantly, the dingo's outfit was changed. He was stripped all but naked, except for a pair of tight, skimpy, and shiny black latex shorts. That's better, the dingo grinned, looking back to the fox. Now, where were we? The ringmaster smiled. Well, I'm just a... Playful fox, he smiled, crossing his legs and smiling. That's odd. Jack grinned, meeting the sultry gaze with his own. And I'm a playful guy who wants to do freaky stuff with a playful magic fox. How about you do something really freaky and let me into your mind? Dingo paused as the drink was placed down before the fox, I know you're trying to read my mind. The fox snorted, in a way that tried to be coy and playful, but slipped. Well, knowing how to please your partners is important in my line of work. It's critical for your survival, the dingo smirked. How on earth does he know that? The fox sipped the drink. Yes, you could say that. I'll feed you. The dingo smiled. I'll give you everything you desire and more, but play me. Play me like a fiddle. The ringmaster grumbled. I can't. Why not? Am I not good enough meal for a... Because I don't want to hurt you. Lightning. Pyrotechnics. The world shatters like glass to black. The ringmaster's breathing compresses and expands the space. The room expands and contracts. And then, the bar and its occupants slowly return. "'Sorry,' the fox whispered. "'I know who you are,' the dingo said. "'I did my research. meticulous research. "'There isn't much written about a powerful, queer, incubus fox "'who can harvest the sexual power out of anyone around.' Jack smiled, but what there is is absolutely titillating. Tell me what you know, then, the ringmaster insisted. The dingo pulled out a small notebook. Newfoundland, Canada, 1993. An amulet belonging to a red incubus fox who is believed to provide sexual fantasies to men and women between 29 and 58 is recovered at an abandoned industrial site. "'Well, I—' Jack placed a large amulet on the bar top. "'Where the fuck did you get that?' the fox squeaked. "'You gave it to me,' Jack grinned. "'I asked for it by name, and it appeared in my hand.' The ringmaster paused. "'Oh, now you mentioned it.' He folded his arms. "'Well, fine, wise cock. "'If you know so much, what does it do?' Orgasm Eternalizer, he said. Achieve orgasm with this thing on, and you'll never stop. The fox cackled and giggled, covering his mouth with a paw as he did so. (laughs) Oh yes, the human mind struggles to process infinite pleasure. He moved his paw and added, It tends to melt them. Melt them? True, white-hot pleasure isn't something your brain is used to experiencing, is it? The fox teased. And when you hardwire the sensation and pump it over and over and over, the psyche collapses. The sense of self evaporates. Anxiety, identity, things like money and power, that which is so pointlessly toiled over, All become valueless in the face of eclipsing pleasure. And it's not that you can't resist. It's that you'll never have a reason to want to. The rubber of Jack's shorts began to creak and stretch nicely. That's what I came here for, the dingo grinned. I want that. And you know that nobody ever comes back from it. Why would anyone ever want to? That's not the point, the ringmaster grunted. The point is that you know and understand what it means to be consumed. And you need to be able to read my mind to do that, and not just hear me say, I consent. Because... Because it is the duty of the powerful to protect the powerless. I have the power to conquer your entire soul, and it is only right to give you the chance to reject it up until the very moments before consumption, the ringmaster insisted. Arousal clouds judgment. Perhaps there is a world outside of the eternal orgasm that you want to explore. The dingo laughed and caressed the bulge in his shorts. There's no world out there for me. A life dedicated to sex will be the best life I could ever hope for. I had to outrun the cops just to get here. I noticed, the fox said. I consent, Jack repeated. We're both old hornballs, sound of mine. I demand to be allowed to consent. You don't know what you're playing with, the ringmaster snarled, room vanishing to black once more. "'You think that reading a few books and collecting a few trinkets makes you understand, but you don't,' he continued, a thick, swirling fog surrounding the pair. "'A nymphomaniac incubus with magic sex powers,' Jack repeated. "'But not just any incubus. You're the best damn one in the world. There ain't a truck stop glory hole that doesn't know your name.' "'Mortals have long believed they know how to overcome powers beyond them, only to be destroyed by them, to be hurt and maimed by powers beyond pale,' the fox glared. "'I will not let that happen to you.' Jack laughed. As he did, the ringmaster's rage began to ebb, the confusion returning to his muzzle and the room returning to the fore. "'Nobody's ever resisted the mind-read before.' The fox whispered, and it's not even a full read, just the consent, just whether they're frightened, wishing it to end, too scared of someone powerful to say so. The dingo finally stopped laughing. You're not getting it, are you? He chugged the last of his drink. You got any balconies in this place? The ringmaster's eyes went wide. No? Jack smiled. You don't? No, I do, I... Ringmaster fumbled to his feet, conjuring a large old book to his paw, surrounded by green magic and flicking through it. Come upstairs, the fox said. Upstairs was a new concept. There hadn't been an upstairs when Jack had looked, but the green magic was fervishly constructing it above them. Grinning, Jack got to his feet, pausing to admire how his latex shorts audibly creaked with movement. Just be careful. If you lead the way, I will stare at your ass the whole time. The fox purred. The world seemed to purr with him, lights pulsed, the brass rails around the bar ran warm. Then I have no choice, do I? the fox cooed, distracted from his book by his hunger. Jack nodded and strode forth. He placed a paw on the fox's muzzle, turning the ringmaster's muzzle to face his. A submissive streak. That's odd. Most incubus like control. The fox's eyes began to glow a vivid green. Foolishly, the dingo raised his paw and swatted at the fox's ass. A firm, dominant spank. The incubus cried out in arousal, arms and legs grappling around this prey. In all this Jack's mind was beset. A vision of the ringmaster, thoroughly inseminated, profoundly delighted, surrounded by infinite faceless phalluses and drenched in his follower's most useful commodity. Jack blinked, as hard as he could, but the vision only lasted a fraction of a second. How'd you do that? The dingo gasped, shorks creaking loudly. How'd I do what? The fox cooed, switching his tail and gazing with glowing, starving eyes deep into the dingo's own. The collie's eyes were fairly shimmery, but the ringmaster's were inescapable. That, that vision, Jack asked, his hips moving to meet his own. Oh, you mean, Jack jumped and shuddered again. The ringmaster, suitably drenched slowly and seductively drinking his follower's seed out of his cupped paw. "'I told you,' the ringmaster snared, vision-shattering and putting distance between the pair. "'You're dealing with someone with more power than you can possibly imagine. There are incubi like me who would simply steal you for food. You've got to understand that once you're consumed—' You have no existence beyond that which serves my sexual pleasure. If I say no, you'll stop, won't you? Of course, but you won't, that's the thing, the fox said. Once consumed, pleasuring me is all you can think to do. It's a non-severable pact. It's not that you can't stop, it's that you'll never want to. The very idea of choice, of freedom, and the agency will be removed from you. That's why I'm trying to read your mind to see if you understand your fate. That's why I'm putting these visions in your head. I need you to know that you know what you're getting into and that you truly, truly want it. He shook his head. For fuck's sake. You're so obsessed with making sure that I understand you that you ain't paused to try and understand me. I never had a shot at choice, freedom, or agency anyway. I ain't got no money, no home, no future. The people out there don't let people like me have any of that, he said, stepping closer to the fox again. You're the first person who ever wanted to give me love, and now you're fucking worried you're gonna give me too much? The ringmaster's gaze didn't soften, but his head tilted. Follow me, he instructed, flagging his tails so that the tails of the jacket would part and give the dingo that most appetizing view. As he walked and Jack followed, the fox started to flick through the large book he conjured earlier. As requested, The ringmaster led Jack out to a small balcony overlooking the front of the hotel. "'So,' the jingo muttered. "'Do I need to tell you, or...' The fox snapped the book shut and stared into the distance. "'Why did you seek me out?' "'I already told you.' "'No, you didn't. All you've told me that you're marginalized and actively oppressed.' There's lots of people like that. Very few drive to a casino that doesn't exist. On the trail of the world's most powerful incubus. (laughs) Most powerful, Jack snorted. The ringmaster turned his head at last, only to shoot the dingo another vision, filthy enough to make Jack moan audibly and buckle at the knees. The fox stifled a delighted gasp, holding his bottom lip in his teeth and bristling a little. Fuck, you weren't bluffing when you said freaky, were you? The ringmaster giggled with great approval. It just looks nice when it leaks out. I know, but it takes a lot of effort to get a man's asshole that loo- Okay, Jack gasped at last. Okay, okay. He fumbled back to standing, but his shorts were barely hanging on. I thought you didn't know how to read minds, he muttered. That wasn't mind-reading. That was black-box cryptanalysis. What? Doesn't matter, the fox waved a paw. Why did you really seek me out? Jack grumbled and hung his head. Because you and I have a fair bit in common. And I know you understand me, the real me, not just this me. The fox drummed his fingers on the balcony, then scoffed. Okay, fine. I don't know. I promise to be exceedingly horny, not exceedingly perceptive. Jack sighed. Moon me. Moon you? Darling, I'm wearing a leotard. It... The ringmaster stopped suddenly. Oh, he whispered before raising a commanding paw to the distance. Jack grinned. His fur bristled. He gazed into the full moon, welcoming its magic with glee and joy. His muscles grew and his clothes stretched. At last, the werewolf threw back his head and cried in delight as he was blessed with his new form. "'You can't read the mind of someone like me,' the werewolf said. "'Part of it, this, is that I'm immune to that kind of perception.'" "'I never thought of it as being deceptive.'" the ringmaster whispered. Oh, what you're doing? I don't think it is, Jack said. But you have to understand me when I tell you that this isn't no world for a werewolf. They think they can convert me. First they did it to queer folk. Now they want to do it to me. Chase me out of house and home and stick needles in me to cure me. The wolf stared up at the moon. And the trade-off for being cursed with oppression is that I've got a few extra tricks up my sleeve. The ringmaster gazed off into the distance again. Shall I leave that there? He asked, gesturing to the moon. The werewolf shrugged. God, I don't know. He leaned on the balcony, looking at the edge of the realm, the edge of the ringmaster's influence, physically visible on the horizon. Out there... There's no good end for me. Best case, I keep running. Running and running forever, and they never catch me. Worst case, they catch me. And, uh, yeah. Jack looked back over at the fox. This, this is a good ending. One of, probably only one. You seriously think I wouldn't gleefully surrender the false promise of American Dream to an incubus? You gotta be mad to think I'd think twice. Jack gazed into the ringmaster's eyes. That world doesn't want me. This world does. The fox nodded, bringing the book back around to read. The thing is, I don't know if my magic will work on a werewolf. You don't need mind reading. I'm a werewolf, pretty damn handy with claws. If I don't want it, you'll know about it. Jack smirked. Well, okay, the fox said. But there's other... modifications I like to make. You've changed my outfit multiple times today, Jack smirked. That wasn't a change to your biology, though. That was just moving fabrics around, barely sleight of hand, the ringmaster smirked adding a leather harness, big boots, and some tall orange socks to the werewolf's attire, with just his mind alone. The shorts did stretch when I transformed. Again, that's just polymers, the ringmaster explained. I need to adjust parts of your biology to make you... suitable for eternal use? Jack grinned. Like? He watched the fox try and mind-read the consent out of the habit, then wiggled his head. May I? He asked. The werewolf nodded. Of course. Jack's latex shorts instantly lost their crotch. The ringmaster's paw took a gentle hold of the werewolf's nuts. These usually run dry, and this, the fox added, easing a paw around Jack's growing length, usually aches and hurts after the first three orgasms. So I? Alter the partner's biology? The limitations of the flesh are a thing of the past. If the mind still desires, the body will comply. The fox released his hold and smiled. Naturally, I have tricks of my own, and those tricks will work on you, but... The fox's head fell, and the thick, dripping arousal on his lips dried up. I fear I'll get three loads in, and you'll either be bone dry, or in agony, or both. Don't worry, that's not a problem for a mortal like you. Jack gulped. What happened to your previous harvest? Oh, they're still around. Still very happy with their subservience to me, the fox said. You've met a pair of them today. Then why are you out seducing more guys? The fox gave the werewolf that thick, sultry gaze again. Seducing is... addictive. He stepped close, running a finger along the wolf's jawline. Everyone's got different needs, desires, fantasies, the fox said, eyes glowing green again, the magical aura starting to appear around him and all things other than the pair fading away. Little holes in their minds where they keep their fantasies that I can sink myself into. Isn't that right? Seduction is so addictive, so powerful, and with such a high success rate for one simple reason. The fox summarized. Everyone loves to be seduced. You want an incubus to worm his way into your head, to uncover every fantasy, then fulfill them for you, over and over and over, until they consume you, dominate you, liberate or obliterate. Oh, gods. Jack gasped, the eager paws of an aroused man rubbing and groping the fox's fur and outfit, earning loud, proud, vocal gasps, shudders, and moans from the fox. I, I, I don't know how long I can resist. The fox went from arching his back way, way back to swinging himself back forward, one of his slender legs wrapping around the wolf's waist eyes staring right into Jack's. I'm doing everything in my power not to consume you right here, right now. The wolf shuddered and whined, please, I'm begging you, do it. It's all I've ever wanted. If the magic doesn't work, then it'll be three of the best orgasms on earth and the agony will be worth it, please. The fox eased his paw down taking hold of the wolf's balls again. Oh, fuck. Jack shuddered. Suddenly, he could feel how heavy his nuts were. The ringmaster's eyes lit up. Yes. Yes, it works. God, I... It feels like I've not come in a billion years. He gasped, finally looking back into the fox's glowing eyes. The lights went out. The only sense Jack could feel was arousal. Both in mental desire, but more in physical cues. How stiff he was, how heavy his balls felt, how all his fur responded to this growing heat from around him, how his muzzle drooled, begging to be kissed, paws that wanted to explore, a tongue that wanted to delight. The lights came up. The enormous, fabulous ballroom was back, but Jack was now stood on a stage, his arms tied behind his back to a large stripper's pole, and into the distance was an uncountable number of people. As far as his eyes stretched, there were more. The room was infinite, and they were all looking at him, and they were cheering. Finally, the ringmaster said, not in Jack's ear, in his head. A people who appreciate you, want you, desire you, drink it in. All Jack could do was gaze at the crowd. He could feel his length leaking, pouring with precum. A shimmering, impossible puddle of it had formed about his feet. His mind swam in endless sexual visions. He tried to beg, for that was only polite for the sex and affection he was desperate to provide to everyone he could see. But he was drooling uncontrollably. His lips didn't move properly. Any attempt to think beyond the carnal was swallowed by the tide of arousal. "'You don't have to fight it,' the ringmaster. The voice both ricocheted around his head, but rang from the walls of the infinite chamber. "'I know your fantasies,' I'm going to feed them back to you one by one by one and they're going to overpower you, devour you, free you. Before too long, the pleasure will become so intense, so powerful, so liberating that you'll know of nothing other than the pleasure I will give you. I will provide all the fantasies you've ever had and all the fantasies you will discover, until there is but one left. Eternal servitude to me. Finally, a familiar black paw began to crest Jack's pulsing shaft. He buckled and howled in pleasure. The feeling was beyond words. I won't give you the American dream, but I will pour the American nightmare down your throat. I promise you orgasms so powerful that the layers of your brain will start to separate. So addictive that you'd do anything to feel them again. But all you need to do is continue that subservience. I will give you the absence of pain, of anxiety, and fear, of hopelessness, of persecution, and of loneliness. I will give you eternal pleasure. Jack's head was told to go down, and did, to see the ringmaster ease his shaft down this throat. One perfect deep swallow. All those inches, all that girth, like it was nothing at all. The incubus's supernatural muzzle prowess being met with more obscene visions. What was real? What was fantasy? By now, the two were one and the same. All of these people will be your family. You will be fed well, loved, delighted in. For all of eternity, pleasure, love, and my graceful touch, and those of your fellow toys will be all you ever feel, experience or know. Jack erupted. He watched his length begin to drench the face of the fox in a seed, thicker more than he'd ever shot before. At first, he was scared. His load had landed so very carelessly over the ringmaster's face, obscuring all his fur, those golden locks, and his lovely top hat. But the fox beamed into light, starting to lick some of the seed up, and just rubbed the remainder into his fur and outfit. Good toy, the ringmaster grinned. Thank you, meh. The wolf began to shudder. The fox stood, reaching out with a finger to smear the drool around the wolf's muzzle. There's a very beautiful word you're trying to say. I think you should let all these people hear you say it. Thank you, master. Jack gasped at last. The fox glowed, yet brighter still. Perfect. Sir? A voice piped up. The voice of the collie from before. He didn't glow brightly, but was achingly stiff, with tail thrashing merrily to and fro. It was this thrashing of tail that alerted Jack that his two was swaying. Yes, my beloved, the ringmaster smiled. May I kiss him and love him, sir? The fox grinned at Jack. Well, can he? Yes, Jack said. I've wanted to love him ever since I saw him. Did he? For a millisecond, Jack wondered if he really had wanted to. But then he realized that of course he did. Kissing is good. How could he forget? The collie took two merry steps, then began to lock his lips with the werewolf. Tongues danced, spittle drooled down, cocks frotted, the room dissolved again, the bounds which held the werewolf disappeared, letting the pair touch, fondle, and caress each other. Every sensation was beyond perfection. Give me an update, damn it. We've been searching for ten hours now. He ain't here, the sheriff grunted, kicking the abandoned car. Bucker vanished into thin air. Don't sweat it. He'll turn up. There's no happy endings for freaks like that. This is your last chance to turn away, the ringmaster uttered into Jack's mind. Your free will hangs by a thread. The key to forever fits so snugly in the lock. Jack realized he and the collie were laying in the large silk bed. Around them, marble towers and steps, with blue flames licking up them. At the foot of the bed, the ringmaster hovered, levitating with arms outstretched. And around Jack's neck was that powerful amulet. For a moment, though, everything wiped to clarity, free of mind, devoid of arousal. The choice is yours. You must not rush to make it. You have all the time you need. The door was there. This could end. He could consume me, master. Jack smiled. The full force of the arousal Heat and erotic magic suddenly took hold once more. The ringmaster, enveloped in green flames, licked his lips. The pleasure is all ours. The collie rolled Jack over onto his back as the fox dropped down onto the bed. He called astride him, the helpful collie guiding the werewolf's length to where the smooth rump of the fox's leotard was, but was now bearing that most useful opening— As Jack was sunk within the fox, he slid in balls deep with perfect, painless magic. Of course he does. I'm built for the purpose. The fox leaned over the werewolf, staring deep into his eyes as the ringmaster's hips began to work. It's just what you wanted, isn't it? No, master. It's even better than I dreamed. That green glow enveloped the wolf's body, creeping up his arms and legs, over his chest and up his neck. Good toy, the ringmaster smiled. Jack's eyes began to glow green, his breath quickened. The licks of flame around the bed grow higher and higher. Welcome home, the fox smiled, leaning down and placing his lips to Jack's. Permanently slipping his inhibitions launching that eternal orgasm from the wolf's hips and finally, finally, consuming the werewolf who had asked so nicely for it. As Jack thrusted back into Master, pumping load upon load of cum into his loving owner, the Ring Master raised his head and gazed out, out of his world. Into yours. Look at him. How happy he is. A dream provided, given freely. Complex, sure. Heaven is never easy, though it's only so fun to watch. To see heaven handed to another, and to wish so deeply that it was you? Fear not. There's plenty of room for you, too. After all, an incubus is never sated.
1: This was The Ringmaster's Welcome by Pascal Farfel. Read for you by Dirt Coyote from the Desert. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Ghost
0: of Dog.